Welcome to the Good But Not Great podcast. Uh, this is where we blend, well, we've kind of changed what we blend. <laughs> now it's uh, scripture and study and, and still a lot of funny. Uh, I'm Kenny. I'm James, and this is your homily and humor for the day. No, we were not supposed to say homily. I don't like homily either, but it was yeah. pretty good. Okay. No, wait, hominy. Hominy. Is that the is that the corn that's really puffed yeah, up and big? Puffed up yeah, corn. Yeah. Steroid like corn. Is it corn? Yeah, it's puffed I mean, it's up. It's a type corn. of corn. Yeah. Oh, come on. It's not real corn that's been puffed up. It is. is. It? They like soak it in acid or something and like puff it up. Now oh. you're making this up. No, I'm not. I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> you go ahead and start the you go ahead and start the homily. I'm gonna look it up. So and homily is like a sermon. It's a yeah, it's sure. A, all right. So uh, we are continue our study of the book of James. Do not get confused as we're going through this with James, who is uh, my partner in crime on this podcast, and the book of James. Which is a smart person. Yes. Which, which there's, some, there's some takeaway from the book of James. Um, okay. Not so, so much. Back to, back to hominy. The person. James. Nixtamalization, the ancient process. It's a word that is derived from Nahatolu language. I don't know if I'm saying any of this right. That's a, is that a Native American? Spoken by the pre Columbian people of Meso- Mesoamerica. That's not America. That's Mesoamerica. Oh, my goodness. Invented the. It sounds like hillbilly, Latin hillbillies made this. This Mesoamerica. <laughs> Make America Meso again. Mesoamerica. All right. <laughs> How do we? How do they come up with this stuff? What? The, the pre-Columbian people of Mesoamerica who invented this process of soaking corn in an alkaline solution. Okay, so batteries. Told you. You put them in batteries. Thank you. Did I not say it was soaking corn in acid? You did. You did. Smarter than the average guy felt. <laughs> okay. Can I tell you a funny story? Yep. Now that you're pronouncing things weird. Okay. We're changing our internet service. Yes. We're trying to get. We're trying to get a cheaper internet. <laughs> yeah, trying to save money. So I call the person to talk to them, and they can't because we live in the parsonage. They ba- can't can't give us the same internet companies what the church has because it's the same address. Okay, so real quick, so if it was money versus speed, which is more important to you? Which would be the real selling point for you? Well, I'm a conspiracy yeah. theorist, so I'm not believing the whole speed it's not conspiracy. The speed. It's the money for you, isn't it? Like just well, to me no, cheaper. there's a point where it becomes the speed. Okay. But if you tell me 100 BPS, that's not true. And and like, oh, no, seriously, 100 BPS. I'm like, okay, I want to know what 50 is. Yeah. Can I get away with 50? <laughs> because I, these numbers mean nothing to me. Yeah. Other than I know 100 is larger than 50, but I got no point if it's really on a true scale of of 100 is twice as fast. I as just want to know which one's more important to you. I, I don't want all this money. Okay. Until speed is affected. <laughs> Okay. So we're calling this company and they're like, we can't give you service because your address is the same as the church and they have, we, we service them. So you're going to have to cancel that. I like, I can't cancel that. And I'm like, we're in totally different structures. We just are on the same address. And they're, I like, can I just add apartment B to it? Yeah. And they're like, well, if that's what your, if the post office says what your address is, then that's fine. I was like, <laughs> The post office doesn't say that's what my address is. is They said, well, let me look something up. And so I'm going to try to say this in a way as accurately as possible. And I don't, I'm not trying to be insulting. I'm just trying to tell the story. So the lady comes back and says, according to our records, the other address uh, is different yours. We're going to have you as um, not sweet. Yeah. No, not sweet. What's the other thing? Not apartment, not suite. I don't know. Office? No, but anyway. One Casual space between? Yeah, it's, it's sweet, and she says. Common, common lodging? She says, where? Sweet where? And I was like, what? She says, we'll have you as. <laughs> it's not sweet. <laughs> The story would be so much it's better. Apartment. Let's say apartment. Yeah, the story would be so much better if you actually, if you actually remembered what you were talking it's about. It's gonna be awful. Apartment where? Apartment where? Where? Okay. For those of you, I know you can't see. Kenny's, Kenny's laughing so hard his face is turning red, and I'm not even. I don't even. See, there's nothing funny. Okay, we've got you. Just laughing at abject stupidity. 
He can't remember his own. We've got you as apartment where? I said, where? They, they said, where? And I said, where? I'm not understanding what you're saying. Apartment. Are you saying where? <laughs> she says, apartment where? Like the other one is the apartment front. And you are, <laughs> you are apartment where? She's asking you. And I said, what? She said, they're the front and apartment. you are the where? Rear. Oh, rear. Rear. Rear apartment rear. 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 And I was like, they were like, yes, rear. We can put you down as. You're mocking someone's speech impediment. No, I'm not. That's just their accent. It was just their accent. Yeah. But I'm telling you, I could not. I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't get it out. I couldn't figure out what yeah. it is. So anyway. <laughs> Sounds like a bad Abbott and Costello so, routine. Whatever it is, it's not apartment rear. And I promise you, it ain't sweet rear. <laughs> That's why you were laughing. <laughs> it's something I get else. It, now. it just it all chimed in. It's something else. You heard the word sweet rear. I couldn't, I couldn't. You stop. couldn't bring yourself to say I it. I need a Kleenex. So here's here's what I thought when we're talking about people from another culture like the Mesoamericans. Yeah. Mesoamericans. Mesoamericans. When I'm when I'm talking to customer service and this company has Actually, exported. You, you said it wrong. It was Mesoamerica. Mesoamerica. Not. America. So when I'm talking to customer service and this company has exported. Yeah. Like I feel bad. Because they've probably been given training. Yeah. Um, auditory training on how to pick up and understand our accents. It's like when you watch a British TV show, yeah. and the first like five minutes, your your ear is adjusting to their accent. My ear's never adjusting. You're, you're so... I don't know if you're aware of this, but I have British genetics in my makeup. Yes, I know that. So I don't have to adjust now. Here's my point, James. Like, I'm not given that auditory training to distinguish between... Right. Where and, and rear. where. No. We're, where, we're, where, and know the difference. Rear. Or we're, we are, and yeah. we're, yeah. yeah. So, but now they're listening to my accent. And they're understanding you just fine. I assume they are. Um, or they've got a translator over there yeah. or something that tones down my redneck, something. <laughs> tones down your but okey. they've got to hear all the different accents wow. and get it. I mean, that's got to be tough. Yeah, that is tough. And here I am just not being able to understand. You're, just, I'm you're like, the jerk, man. I'm the idiot. That has nothing to do with our podcast today. Well, it's a little bit. We're talking about speech. Okay, I'll give you that. All right. So am I supposed to read this today? Are, Are you guys ready? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, let's let's actually this. get in the work. Let's, jump let's get it. into our homily today. Our homiletic inter- in, 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 in our homiletic study. All right. If uh, We are actually in James chapter 1. We're going to be doing verses 26 and 27. Reading from the ESV today, it says, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Okay, here's a question I have. Okay. At the beginning of this passage, if anyone considers himself religious. Is that um, a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, is he addressing, is he speaking about believers there? Um, uh, followers of Christ there, or is he really addressing uh, the religious in the culture? Right. Which would be viewed in in one light as a bad term, yes, and another light as a good term. Yeah. Warren Wiersbe said the word translated religion. He said it really translate better as the outward practice or the service of God. Okay. So it says uh, the religion or anyone's religion, if anyone thinks he is religious, it's the outward practice. So it's your actions in service to God. Yeah. I thought that's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good definition there. Yeah. I think uh, I've, I'm using the NIV and um, it's the um, Thompson chain. That's the new idiots version, right? Yes. Thank you for that. Um, Thompson Chain. The international version, actually. And, and the Thompson Chain will constantly have words or topics off to the side. Yeah. That it's connecting that to. Extremely helpful. And it, 
in the section next to if anyone considers self religious, it actually has Phariseeism. Yeah, next to that, um, and so that's just kind of made me think. Like, obviously, in in light of what we just read, it does. He seems to be addressing Christians. Okay, well, let's look at this. Do you want to look at this? Yeah. I'll give you. It's only used five times in the New Testament, this word. And then Acts 26, 5. Okay, you got that one. Yeah, and then you do Colossians 2, 18. How's that? Okay, so Acts 26, 5 says this. Uh, They have known for a long time, if they are willing to testify, that according to the strictest party of our religion, I have lived as a Pharisee. So he is referencing his Jewish background. That's right. And the use of that word. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, you Colossians said... 2.18. 2.18 says, um, Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you for the prize. Such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen, and his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. It doesn't use the word religious there. English standard version here. So I would think maybe delights in false humility... To anyone who's religious. Yeah. Uh, let no one... Did you do Colossians? Colossians 2.18. Okay. Let no one disqualify you insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind. I would think asceticism there. Asceticism, yeah. It's probably the word translate. Is yeah, and, word. and what, what, why doesn't the NIV translate that word? It's, it's do Before not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels. Worship. So it, he says also it can be used this idea of worshiping. And uh, he says in, Act, in Colossians 2.18 it's translated as worshiping. Okay. So it's the worshiping of okay. false angels. So this act of service... Our service, our action towards our service, the outward practice or the service of a God is what that word is translated. Okay, so I would think then here in this passage, um, verse 26 of James, he is, even though he's speaking to believers, he's really addressing religious... Yes, activity. that, that, That this application here would... That word is a word that would be like, if any of you considers yourself a sports fan. Yeah. Like, in other words, you would be able to find someone who would fit the qualification of this term of religious within a lot of different... So I think where you're going to this, where I started with this, when I first read this passage, the first thing I thought is, is that a negative statement or a positive statement? Yeah. Is he setting this up as something you should do or something you shouldn't do? Yeah. Did you did you kind of have the similar? Yes. Okay. I, so where did you fall down on that? Okay. So he's saying, okay, if your if your religious acts involve a lot of this and none of this, okay, there's some problems here. I read a guy one time that said in this passage that pure religion means practicing God's word and sharing God's word. Yeah. And I think for those two verses, that's a pretty good. It's like it's like sharing God's word in actions. Does that make sense? Yeah. So um, there's three there's three areas that are laid out there, and they're real clear. It's in our speech, mm-hmm. our service, right, and our separation. Yeah. How do you like that? I like that. So speech, service, and separation there. It's not original with me, but um, th- that is the three sections. Obviously, it says you're going to share it. If you're going to practice religion, which is service to God, your service to God has to include these three things. Yeah. You're getting the word out. You're sharing the word by these three things, speech, service, and Separation from the world. I think there's also like, okay, so if we hit that first thing, um, yet does not uh, keep a tight rein on his tongue. So verse 26, if anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue. Yeah. Bridle his tongue. The NIV says tight rein. It's the same thing. It's a bit in a horse's mouth. Yeah. Uh, Chapter three, he talks about, again, about taming the tongue. And, And really throughout James, there's several places uh, James 1, James 2, James 3, James 4 all talk about taming the tongue. Don't you get the idea that, that, that the way they spoke was a problem in this assembly? Like in this, in this church, that was a problem? That yeah. people not taming, not, not controlling their tongue, not controlling their speech? Yeah, I think it could, it could be like we could, um, we could input some very specific behaviors into that that it doesn't actually address. Right. 
Um, so it could be a, a, a sense of using your religion or what you know as a, um, as a bat against someone. Right. Um, it could be all sorts of things. So I, I hesitate to um, jump too much on that. So I think there's an element here you have to say that the idea of living an upright life would not, would not have been a hard sell to Jewish people. No. It wouldn't have been a new concept for them. It wouldn't have been a hard sell for Greek people. Some others it might have been. In other words, when you have a guy who is um, from a uh, within the Greek system of, I even know, you know, the influence of, and I might be speaking wrongly here, but like Plato and Aristotle and, and these types of this, there would, would already been some significant writings on a right way to yeah. live life. Um, so that would have been a part uh, there. It'd be like saying in America, is America devoid of any awareness of how to live a moral right life? No, no. The information is out there. Yeah. You know, we might've ignored it and moved on and done, you know, lived a different life, but uh, it's there. So, so the idea that you would talk to someone in America about what a morally upright life is, they might go, I don't agree with you, but it wouldn't have been a foreign concept. Jesus says, I think, and uh, I wrote it down, Matthew chapter 12, he's talking about the heart. So, you know, uh, out of our mouth speaks our heart, like mm-hmm. what's in our heart. If, if So if, you, if you're not controlling your tongue, you're just lashing out with what's out of your heart. So when you see people come out with, let's say, a racist statement or an off-color statement, that's not coming from their mouth. It's coming from their heart. Yeah. Uh, in Matthew chapter 12, it says, um, 34 and 35, he says, You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? Mm-hmm. Man, that's a, like, if, if you're evil, you can't speak good. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. And then he follows that up. And we, we always say that part. We don't always follow the verse 35. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. Yeah. And the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. If the heart's evil, the mouth's gonna it's gonna come rolling out of your yeah, mouth. Yeah. And so I think is what he's saying is your 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 actions here are your attitude is what's coming out of your mouth. And we'll talk about actions in a minute. He says your service, like doing these things. But I think he's addressing the attitude here, the heart attitude, and then he's gonna address with the actions that attitude yeah. and how that works out. So. You know we can we can tame our bodies without taming our tongues, and so I think that's really important that we get this. Like our attitude has to be in check in order for us to check our mouth. Yes, right. I I would agree, and I in that sense of if you consider yourself religious for these kind of um, excuse me meaningless stuff, mm-hmm. like look how he's um, working out. In other words, if yeah. he's worshiping his own flesh in his body, look how he's. It's obvious that I don't his... worship my flesh, brother. But even like, for yeah. for instance, maybe in a Hindu faith, yeah, where certain acts of worship, right, or religious acts, they're of, outward of of kind of an inward awareness and con- right. re- trying to reach a higher consciousness and From the outward and, in and kind of a uh, d- denying your body mm-hmm. certain things and certain pleasures. Um, he's saying, okay, let's say you have a religious person. And then that's how they define religion. And he's saying, or you have a church person and they define religion by simply saying, I am showing up or or I go, or or wearing a certain thing. I go to this purse, this Bible, I wear this clothes. And And he's saying, if you you put yourself in the category of a religious person and by that, somehow you think you're honoring and pleasing God and you're not controlling your tongue. Yeah. Okay, you need to redefine your boxes. So I want to take this to an ultra-practical level, because this is where I always end up is, how do you actually do this? And I think, so we say, the, the term to bridle your tongue, that's a that's an abstract term that's easy to say, oh yeah, I just need to check, my, I need to bridle my tongue. And I think the idea is, then how do we do that? So I, I th- that's why I think it's important to get the heart issue out of the heart, the mouth speaks. You bridle your tongue by checking your attitude. So the... The way to bridle the tongue is not to just keep your mouth shut. The way to bridle the tongue is to check your attitude. Why am I saying this? Why do I speak this way? Well, then that's the problem. That's how you bridle the tongue. Yeah. Because it's not the absence of those things. If you're still thinking them, yeah. right? Sooner or later, it's going to come out. It's what he's saying, isn't it? 
Yeah, I think, uh, but I would, I would. If put you those don't in check se- that attitude, sooner or later it's going to come out of your mouth. Yes, I would put those though in two separate categories of. Okay, we need to attack this on two fronts. You're going to have days where you're going to struggle with kind of like extreme emotions. Sometimes negative, sometimes positive. Most of the time we tend to lean towards the negative when we're describing this kind of thing. When you're around, I have extreme emotions. (laughs) Now, there's some truth to that. I mean, we we have that ability to bring out the worst bring out the really the extreme emotions in each other. So my but my point being like, yes, you need to learn to deal with and and Mm -hmm. learn how to deal with some of those extreme emotions and why you're having them. And by you, I don't mean you, James. No, I think you do. I just mean you okay. in, in general. Just say it. Just people is what I mean. But plural. You're, but you're pointing with five plural fingers you. at me. All five of them. All five of your fingers are All pointing five at me. <laughs> right at you like a Superman. You're not pointing anywhere else in the room. You're just like Superhero. you. All right. All right. I get it. Which, by the way, Stan Lee passed away. Oh, I know. Can we just have a moment? God bless you, Stanley. Stanley, imagination. Did he invent Spider-Man? I yeah. You, you know, I heard him say. He said, as I was thinking about this, I thought it would be cool to have a superhero who could like stick to walls like an insect. So we, we're going through, and it's like insect man. That doesn't sound right. That's not right. Goes, and then someone said, "What about Spider? Spider-Man? Ooh, Spider-Man sounds good. That sounds yeah. really." Good. So I came up with it. What a what a what a legitimately. Um positive thing to bring into the world yeah yeah so for a those story of you who are in a character of the, the type of spider-man or some of the great this is the podcast great superheroes that also includes add yeah. where we see a squirrel and change subjects squirrel. at a moment notice <laughs> thanks so, kenny here's my here's my thing in this on um, back to the attitude like i think there's a level of bridling your tongue even when um you Feel this sense of intensity right. that you need to work on that ability when somebody is beginning to push your buttons. That you need to work on that ability Why to are you control still at your me? tongue. You need <laughs> you, James. You, I'm See, pointing. Your attitude is coming out of your mouth and your finger right so, now. Does that make sense? What I'm yeah. saying. Now the other side is yeah. You need to start working on your attitude and ask the questions of why. But in the midst of when it comes up and you don't know it, the ability to control your tongue. That I really, I genuinely wish, you, you know it too, I wish that we had this televised at this point, because the whole time you're talking about tongue, you involuntarily pointed at me, and the minute you start talking about attitude, your fingers literally curled towards yourself. Hey, I just want you to know, I just want you to know. Your bad attitude about my tongue is, is a problem. <laughs> if you were sitting next to me instead of across to me, I would still... Still well, pointed at me. And I don't know what I would have done, but... Anyway, so I think that I, I don't think you can I don't think you can excuse someone who says, "Well, yes, I haven't figured out my attitude part yet." No, I, I don't think yeah. you can. I, my, my point is not that you can excuse that. I think you have to check your tongue. Absolutely, yeah. I think you. I, I need to invite a lot of people to keep their mouth shut, and for some people to keep their Twitter shut. I mean, just just no more tweeting. Like, stop it. <laughs> it needs to stop. I agree. I mean, it's just crazy. Like, crazy. so there's times when you think something, and then there's something that should kick in and go, "I shouldn't say that." Yeah. But then, if you keep thinking that, you're eventually going to say it. So if you yeah. don't check your heart, eventually that's going to come pouring out. Yeah. And and an obvious like if you have in you know had a have a bad attitude towards a certain other person or a certain other type of people. Um, I think the Apostle Paul addressed this when he he addressed he addressed how the church dealt with those outside and those inside. He said, "You guys are giving way too much grace to those inside, and way too little grace to those outside." Yeah. It was the "us versus them" attitude, and that eventually that kind of stuff comes pouring out. So if you think badly enough, if you don't check that attitude, eventually it's going to come running out of your mouth. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm going to say this right now. And this is not this is not the realm we normally go to, James. Oh, brother. But I'm conservative. I'm a conservative guy. Yeah. Politically speaking. Yes. And socially, however you want to define yes. that. My conservative You're tends, wearing a Mr. Rogers sweater today. My my conservatism tends to go so conservative that some conservatives might even think I'm liberal. I know that sounds really strange. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's you say. not it's not dumb. 
is. But even with like how the country people anyway, listening right now are going to agree with me. That's the so, you can't be so conservative. I want to say liberal. that from the very beginning. I want to say I'm a conservative guy, so don't question my conservatism on certain. We're things. already talking about religion, and now you're going to bring the second thing in politics. Listen, if we cannot honestly look at President Trump. And at least Why say are you bring in politics. Listen to me. In listen this. to me. I'm not bringing politics. At least have an honest moment where we say, "Here's a guy not controlling his tongue, dude." He's doing ex- I mean, why is anybody surprised by this? No, no, no. It's I'm exactly. not saying that. I'm saying that. But when I yeah, look on Facebook I and I see people that say, yeah. "Hey, finally, someone's speaking his mind." Oh man, come now, on. Yeah. You find me in scripture. Yeah. Where it says, eventually, I hope to goodness sake, some of you will tell people off. Yeah. It's not it in never, there. No, no. It's not in there. There is no. speaking truth and then there is attacking. Yeah. And this this is dealing with not people speaking truth. It's dealing with people attacking and saying, hey, you cannot consider yourself a religious person, a morally upright person, um, and not address some of these issues. Again, the Bible's never speaking yeah. to perfection. He's just saying this should be in that box as well. You've talked about President Trump. I would say this. I would think there's some things that he's done well. There's some things that he's I'm not done well. There's some things that he's got done for our country that have been positive. But the whole antagonistic, I know people agree with that. I don't agree with that. I don't, I don't agree either. with antagonizing other people and the whole. But that's that's where we think that the disciplined life as a Christian involves self-control. It yeah. involves disciplining yourself. And one of the key areas of that is in the speech. Yes. Like, don't talk about religion and politics. Yes. Like you just did. Okay. Why didn't you control yourself? Listen, I'm not... I'm just saying, from a Christian perspective... What if we have liberal friends who are listening to this, and now you've just turned them off from our podcast? Listen, we... Oh, they're not going to be turned off by me saying that. Oh, I think I can they promise are. you that. Well, my point being is... I'm turned off by you saying that. Isn't it possible for someone to conservatively, philosophically agree with certain things on maybe on President Trump's side, maybe on oh somebody on that side? Oh my gosh, would you please stop talking about President Trump? And still have why, the ability to say... Why can't you control your tongue, dude? Just stop. This is not oh a good gosh. thing. Please. This is not a good thing. What is... What is going on is not a good thing at all. Kind of like you talk about politics on our podcast, man. It's not a good thing. Just don't understand why we can't be honest about <laughs> You're that. You're trumping our podcast, dude. Like why, why does it have to be... trumping our podcast. Why does it have to be all or nothing? I just... I'm I, probably going to edit this out, oh but... Oh, my gosh. But man. I'm just saying, like... I'm, and here's the thing. My criticism You're not is, controlling your my tongue. Criticism, Bridle your tongue, Kenny. My criticism is not of President Trump. To stop. Why my, can't you stop? My true criticism of people that are unwilling to say that is not Gina, a good is thing. is this how your arguments go? Okay, now that being said... Gina Myers, if you're listening to me, you say this I, is how it goes. You say I never confess anything. Dude. This last week, I honestly said something really mean to you. You already said you're going to cut this out, so <laughs> this means nothing. Your confession means nothing. No, I mean, I really did. I, okay. I We were fighting about something, or we we weren't fighting. We were not talking about something. So this is... this. I'm, I'm not talking about Trump now. You have the ability to not talk about something when you want to, then yes. you're saying. And then... So today is not... And then I, in the middle... Gina said something to me, and I popped off. And and she said, I don't know, you know, she just kind of addressed, that isn't really the problem. And then I popped off something to her right after that, that was so, f- so outside of the bounds of what should have... Now, in my mind, it was just a flippant kind of response, but it didn't land as a flippant response. Damn. But that was... Now, before people read into what I'm saying, because I'm not going to tell you what I said, because then I'd have to tell you what we were fighting about, and then I'd have to tell you background on that. In the background on that, I got no interest in going to that. There was no but foul yeah, language. you had interest in going into the whole Trumpism. No, I'm just saying, stop bringing Trump up. I just don't think it's appropriate, James. <laughs> so I, I'm, what I'm saying is, like, it is a legitimate thing. Like, I don't, if you were to categorize me as someone who struggles controlling his tongue, I would go, I don't see myself that way. But if you said, do at times... You struggle with controlling your tongue? Absolutely, I do. Wait a minute. So if I was to say, Kenny, would you consider yourself a person who has trouble controlling your tongue? You would say, no. In a broad sense, And I would say, Kenny, would you consider James as a person 
who has trouble controlling his tongue. <laughs> See, this is this is it right here, folks. This is this is you're getting the real you're getting the real deal right here. He can't even deny it. No, he can't no. even deny it. He can't even give a straight face long enough to go. No, I wouldn't consider that. I don't think James struggles. I just think James has James. <laughs> Yet I'm the one begging you to shut up about Trump. Don't see this is it. This is this is this is where if we need to have a whole podcast on not a realistic view of yourself. So you would say what? I'm trying to get back on track here, James. Yeah, we're talking about the tongue. And I said, if you looked at yourself, you would say, yeah, I, I, I might have moments where I pop off, yeah. but as a whole, I control my tongue. And yet you would say about me that as a whole, I don't control my tongue, but I have moments where I don't pop off. Okay, yes. Yes I, or no? I would, let, me de- let me define it my way. This isn't, this isn't an interrogation. I would say this. It's fixing to turn into one. There are things I don't say that James tells me you should have said that. Can you give me an example? Uh, having to go back three times to Dick's Sporting Goods to get my grips That's redone, the one. and I didn't say anything. That's the one. I'm like, just That's the exact one I thought I of. I have no interest in having this conversation. I just want my clubs. That, but I would say the opposite is true because that's my nature. And I, I remember when I told that story to my church, I was like, listen, I'm not tooting my horn because I'm naturally wired that way. I'm yeah. not having to fight against anything there. I would naturally pull back from conflict. It's got to be super important, and I've got to see a positive outcome for me to address conflict. I mean, right. it really is that way. Yeah, you um, popped up to your wife last week. I did. I did. Just whoop, whoop. Oh, crud. And as soon as I did it, <laughs> I was like, that wasn't right. Now, what, what'd you do? I stayed silent on it till the next night. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was stubborn, and she called me on it. She was, you know, she had the, you're a jerk. You shouldn't yeah. have said that yeah. type thing. So that being said, because of how I'm wired and because of how you are, yes, there are times you say things that I go, why did you even say that, dude? Yeah. Because you're wired that way. Yeah. And there are times you look at me, he's like, dude, you need to give say me, something. Give me an example. I don't know. I can't. So you say this stuff, but there's no examples of it. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait. No. Me not remembering examples and there not being examples <laughs> is not the same thing. I don't know. I, I, the evidence was there for you. You're not presenting a good case here. Okay. I'm going to have to rest my case. Yeah, I got you. I got, I got nothing. <laughs> you don't have any examples of when I've said something that you thought that I probably shouldn't have. No, I do. I'm trying to think of an exact okay. example. I can't. Right. I really, you, I'm, I'm just, I'm not, when I say I can't remember stuff, I'm literally, know. you know, I'm a movie buff, but when I play those movie games, yeah, I can't think of anything. Apart. Yeah. I can't think apart. of characters' names. I can't think of titles of movies. Yeah. I just say things like a uh, pirate car chase. <laughs> I can't do it. All right. Okay. So controlling our tongue, really controlling the tongue means controlling the body. Like if you control, if you get your attitude right, it's going to come out right. And once you're controlling your speech, then it's going to be easier to control the rest of your body. I yes. do believe. I, I would totally agree. The quickest way to control your tongue is begin to control your attitude. Yeah, and I would say this. I think God gave us the example of the horse. Yeah. Um, this, is a, this is a pretty good analogy in the horse because if you control a horse's head, which you control by their mouth, yeah. you control the entire beast. And even though he's stronger than you, they, they, you can absolutely control them. So if you, you can hold a horse down by their head with one hand. Mm. If they can't raise their head up, they can't get up. I did not know that. So if a horse can't lift his head up, he can't get up. So all you have to do is hold his head down. Mm. And so once, if you're having to work on a horse or having to, you know, uh, care for him or do something, you can hold them down by their head and, and yeah. take care of stuff. So it's the idea that even by this mouth, if I can control this mouth, then it's going to be much easier to control my my entire rest of my body is going to fall into shape. The rest of your personhood. Yeah. And by my yeah. mouth, I mean my tongue. Like yes. my, yeah. my words... That come out from my heart, yeah, and that directs the rest of my actions, yeah. Which is our next part, which is service, yeah. Verse twenty-seven a, he brings up the service. So, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this: to to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And so, I would say just the first part of that religion yeah. that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this: to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. So after we've seen ourselves in the mirror of the word, like so, 
we see ourselves like, oh, I've got like you're pointing at the mirror, you're pointing at me, mm-hmm. and then you're pointing at yourself. I'm the mirror. The, I'm the, the truth, mirror. I'm no, your mirror. The, the truth is, the words the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. we'll so involuntarily, you start pointing at me because you think my speech is out of bounds, and then you start pointing at yourself because you think your attitude's out of bounds. And so we, the word really is a mirror. Like it, we really do yes. start doing this involuntary stuff where we start revealing this. Uh, Isaiah chapter six. Um, do you remember that where he sees the Lord high and exalted? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, uh, one commentary I read said Isaiah saw the Lord, then himself, and then the people around him that mm-hmm. he had to minister to. So listen, to Isaiah chapter six is in the year that King Uzziah died. I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up. The train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood a seraphim. Each had six wings. With two covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And the one called to the another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. Now, verse 5. And I said, woe is me, Mm. for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Verse 8, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying. So this is the third part. So Mm -hmm. it's the mirror of his word, the Lord himself, and then his people. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. So the idea of service, I, I really do believe we've got to get the attitude and the heart and the mouth right mm. before we can rightly serve others. But once you get your once you hold the mirror of the word up to yourself, once you see who you are in this, then that should immediately point you to other people. Like it yeah. should turn your view off of yourself when you start making that transition and get your actions back towards someone else. Mm. Yeah. I think there's a, a, I like that process with that. I like connecting that idea mm-hmm. of focusing on God. God is going to point out the reality of who you are. He's yeah. the mirror. Uh, and then it's an impossibility to have a, a intimate relationship with um, Jesus and not be others focused. Right. It's not going to happen. You're not going to, you're not going to develop an intimacy with Christ and not have yeah. uh, a, a God honoring awareness of the people around you. Yeah, you, you're not. You can't have your heart in right standing with God without having a heart for other people. Yeah, I I think it is um, important to note the categories that he brings up here with orphans and widows. Yeah, those that are um, on some level um, disadvantaged, not defended. Yeah, uh, vulnerable. Uh, the idea of really caring for for the vulnerable, caring for people that you're not probably going to get any payback on, right? Um, versus, so, hey, you know, if I go do this, then this will help my career, or you know, let me let me take two different tracks on that. One, what you're saying is, I'm not getting anything out of it. So really, you're not really helping other people until you're helping someone that you can't get anything else out of. Is that fair to say? Like, I mean, you, you can help other people, but as long as you're getting something back out of it, it's not really service. You're not really sacrificing to serve that other person until you're doing something for someone who can't do anything back, yeah. right? I think it's hard I, I think it's hard for me to put that put it in that frame because I know that when you help the disadvantaged, the least of these, you absolutely get something out of it. Oh, okay. I get that. I get that. I mean, you. So I think it's possible to go. I enjoy the feeling I get when. Okay. I mean, that is a spiritual thing. That's a giving thing. So, but that that is still a level of selflessness versus if I go and help this person out, they're going to put a good word in for me. Yeah. I would say this. Let me put this way. Then what you mean is you're not getting any advantage from them. Yeah. Any earthly advantage. Any advantage. Okay. Yeah. Any earthly advantage. And I would say the second part of that is. Words are no substitute for uh, actions, for Correct. love. So so just saying, I wish you well, the idea of I wish you well, I wish you the best, or, you know, yes. I, I'm, I'm praying for you. Yeah. Um, I got convicted about that several years ago um, about, hey, I'll pray for you, and then walking away. Yeah. Like, don't do that. Like, actually, if, if someone asks me to pray for them, I usually try to put my arm around them right then and actually pray for them. 
Um, John, First John 3, 11 through 8. 11 through 18 says this, For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of this, out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. But this we know, love, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world, world's goods, and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. Actually following it up with our actions. There is, uh, we just finished a Bible study, or we're finishing a Bible study at church on Sunday mornings that is deals with loving God and loving others. And several passages just talk about the difference between word and action, that God is interested in action. Uh, and, and even references, uh, you know, Romans where it says that God demonstrated his love for us. It wasn't just something he said, hey, you need to know that I'm a loving God. But he actually showed us, like, right. no, here's the example of how, what a loving God I am. Um, and so th- when we f- talk about the idea of the importance of doing these things, as far as a, we can have a very moralistic approach to that. Mm-hmm. Like, here's the list. You need to do them. But when you really undergird it with the theology of why do we do this? Why is this important? Because because that's the God that's the type of God that we serve. Right, is a God that's just interested in justice and mercy uh, and compassion and goodness, kindness. Um, then you go, oh, okay, well, it makes sense. If I'm going to say I'm a follower of of Christ, then I need to have some sense of uh, my life uh, mirrors. Yeah. The person of Christ. I think there's two things on this that I see. Number one, um, go back to the the language a little bit. So it's the idea. I think oftentimes if we just follow the religious idea, it's that as long as I abstain from saying bad things, then I'm okay. Correct. Yeah. Where he says it's not just that. It's not. Or, or th- then you follow up with the with the service. As long as I abstain from saying bad things, as long as I abstain from doing bad things then I'm okay. And he says, no, you also need to say the good things, Mm. and you also need to do the good things. Uh, Several years ago, I I got thinking about, you know, we always tell people when they do something bad. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to try to work on the practice of just bragging on people for yeah. mediocre, menial. So if if I walk by and I see a custodian cleaning at a, a, our school or something, I'll be like, hey, man, I appreciate you doing a good job. Yeah. Because you doing a good job makes this place really nice, and I yeah. appreciate that. Like, I'm going to look to people, and usually we just assume, yeah, they're doing their job, big deal. But let's not assume that. Let's actually say those things that yeah. can be meaningful to build that other person up. Yeah. I like your statement about, you know, more even controlling the tongue in a positive way of finding ways to encourage and lift people up. And, yeah. And because, honestly, there's just not a lot of that. There's not. And um, and there there can, some at times there can be a lot of silence. So at times you can get a lot of silence about stuff to yeah. where somebody's not hearing negative or positive. And so the idea of saying, "Hey, I'm not going to say something negative," well, they already have that in their life. What what a lot of people need in their life is positive input yeah. of being a reminder that hey, you have value. Um, there is a sense of of worth, and God loves you. Um, yeah. And and I appreciate what you're doing. Yeah. Um, is a way of kind of controlling your tongue in a positive way. Like I'm going to make sure that what I actually do with my yeah. tongue. So it's not just hey, make sure you don't talk. No, make sure you never say anything yeah. bad. Yeah. It's like okay, you also need to substitute that with some positive encouraging. So in Ephesians, he says, "Let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, except what is profitable for building others up, so benefit those who listen." Like yeah. this idea, it's not just enough to not say the bad; you yeah. have to also add in the good. That's good. Okay, so I have a I have a marketing thing out of this scripture. All right, there is a clothing wear, isn't there, called affliction? Yes. This refers to widows in affliction. Like, could that be a marketing thing for affliction gear? To throw some scripture up there, 
I don't know. Maybe. I, don't, I have no idea where you're going with this. Are you trying to help affliction to no, I'm just up saying, the marketing scale? When, when you read that and it says widows in affliction. You realize affliction gear is all the meatheads who want to beat somebody else up. So there's affliction where it's like, hey, oh, I this thought is it was, high. I thought it was like MMA stuff. Yeah. That's oh, what I'm is it is? Yeah. yeah. You're like, hey, affliction, oh, I'm tough. Yeah, can, no, it I is. I like afflict the, you. Yeah, there's no baggy affliction gear. No. Yeah, it's all tight, skin yeah. tight affliction yeah. gear. It looks great on me, by the way. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> do you, if you're super skinny, do they have t- skin tight affliction gear for sc- oh super gosh, skinny guys? I don't know, man. It's, ugh. It's all the. It's like it's like it's, it's like Under Armour. You buy a two X two XL, and that fits a size youth small. Yeah. Like what? What are you guys thinking? What are you getting at here? Yeah. I mean, is it is it body shaming? What's going on here? <laughs> but you can't compare Affliction gear and Under Armour. I'm just saying it's the same kind of thing. It's the super fit tight. is right, but yeah. Affliction gear is like they were going to take advantage of every space. Yeah. It's like when we have to sign a card for Papa. And we let every girl sign it individually. Yeah. It's like there's no space left on it. Like I, they're having to turn the card sideways to yeah. see everything. Under Armour generally has one little oh, tattoo thing on it. And then it. and then you wear that super tight shirt, and they and Under Armour like I don't put, wear that super puts, tight shirt. Puts the size on the outside back. Do they really? The shirt. Yeah. So everybody sitting around you can see when the shirt's ill fitting. 2XL, seriously? Man, that's there a little snug. Go. Good job, dude. Thanks for the body shaming Under Armour. Yeah, I Thank didn't know you. that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, so all their <laughs> their T-shirts, so it's all on the back. Yeah. Thanks, Under Armour. So when the Bible's referencing people in affliction... It has nothing to do with T-shirts. It's not a fashion statement. No, it's not. And that's why that's why the NIV, knowing that affliction where it was out there... Oh, my gosh. Um, and wanting a dynamic. See, this dynamo is what happens when we want to get done with the podcast. We're wanting to wrap things up, and you keep adding stupidity in there. Says distress because there's not. You're just you're afflicting me right now. Is what's happening because there's I'm no, under there's Kenny no affliction. brand called distress. Gina and I going to start a support group. And it's called Kenny I don't afflicted. Think so. Afflicted by Kenny. <laughs> afflicted by Kenny. Distressed by Kenny. <laughs> Afflicted by Kenny. There are distressed genes, hey, and there are Kenny's distressed relatives. I could broaden my support group and just say afflicted by Myers. Yeah. Okay, so let's finish this. It finishes differently, though. It finishes with the from being uh, polluted Separated. by the world. Separating from the world. Yeah. Separation. So what did you say? Keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And the SV says, and to keep oneself unstained from unstained the, world. the world. Yeah. I like polluted better than stained. I like unstained. Yeah. Eh, pollution. Yeah, like eh, pollution's not a big deal. Yeah. When I think of pollution, I think of something you inhale and it uh it's bad for you. Stain, I think of like a bad hot dog experience. Yeah. And it just you got mustard on your shirt. I never think about what I'm inhaling, but I often think about what I'm wearing <laughs> on my gut because it dribbled off of my chin. I ruined another shirt. My wife looks at me and she goes, Seriously? Why can't you eat anything without getting it all over you? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I will tell you this. Having a long beard has helped considerably with that. Okay. It deflects a little. Let me apply that. Unstained. Like, if if my wife, because she's the same way with dropping stuff on her, if she wants her shirt to remain unstained, she needs to stay as far away from spaghetti as Uh possible. I've yet to ever successfully eat spaghetti without having it all over me. So that being said, if we put, apply that from a spiritual perspective, that if we want to remain unpolluted and unstained, there's probably certain things in our lives that we need to just stay away from. Would you agree with that? Yes. And it might be different for other people. Dude. If I want to keep my shirt unstained, I don't eat spaghetti. Yeah, and but that's not the same for everybody. Uh, yeah. Somebody else might say, I can't have a burger. Yeah. I, I can't have those either. right under my chin. I can't have those either. Yeah. So Ribs. I can't have ribs. All right. Without wearing them. So the three areas he talks about. Have you about, ever eaten ribs without having it all over your face? I Man, I struggle with ribs. And I start doing eating ribs with a fork. I look like a weirdo, but I'm not wearing them that yeah. way. I, I struggle with the effort required to uh. eat a rib. I love ribs. But my the mathematics on the effort versus the payoff, and both to eat it and to clean up after it. Yeah, with the limited resources most of those places give you to actually clean up well, 
I mean, I look like I, when I'm done, I look like I just worked on a car without gloves and instead of oil, the car ran on barbecue sauce. Yeah. That's what I look, it's under my nails. It's, it's a mess. Yeah. And then I go, man, was I. So the best way would have been to just to avoid it. Pulled pork, man. Yeah, there you go. So as children of God, we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. We've talked about that a lot. So yeah. this idea here is being unstained is that you are in it, because you can't not be in it. No, that's right. People have tried that. They call yeah. those monasteries, but yeah. they're not really affecting the world. No. So you can't you can't affect the world unless you're in the world, but yeah. you got you got to be separated from it. So this idea that we are separated from There are the certain world. things that you do say I'm not partaking in that. Right. Because I can't afford I can't. I can't have the pollution in my life. Right. I can't allow that in my life. So, and I think that's a, a maturity thing too. You grow in that. Yeah. You learn like, okay, that's not worth it. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna jump into that area. So, so James what about really people? hits. What if it's not just something? It's somebody. Yeah, I think, I think again, you have to be careful with that. But you have to also understand boundaries as well, healthy boundaries. Yeah. And we could do a whole podcast on that. But we probably should yeah. because people don't people don't deal well with that. But the idea that because the Bible does give you permission to tell people no and to avoid people who are like on gossips, the Bible flat out says avoid a gossip. Yeah, and someone who's um, proclaiming falsities says don't even let them in your house. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, go ahead. Okay, so I was just going to summarize that basically it, it addresses uh, the in your mic, please. The tongue. You're all of a sudden Sorry. way away from your mic. It it addresses controlling your tongue. It addresses uh, what religion looks like and how you treat and interact with the disadvantage. And then it talks about um, making sure you're aware of what brings pollution or stain into your life right. and and separating from that kind of uh, environment or or activity. Controlling your tongue, legitimately serving others. Yeah. So keeping your Mouth in check. What did we say earlier? Uh, your speech, yeah. Your service and your separation, yeah. And and the, um, the that all categorizes underneath this idea of what real religion yeah, should include. I agree. Now, I don't think this is. Would you agree? This he's not setting this up as a comprehensive list. I don't think it is either. I think people have to be real careful. Like he's giving you that this is what it looks like, but that doesn't mean that it's comprehensive. Yeah. I would ever say this: if you get your speech. And your service and your separation, right? Yeah, uh, it could it could get really close to comprehensive. That's a good starting point, wouldn't you say? You 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 name me some other areas of your life. Yeah, that's a good. I would say that. But you know, you even said this earlier. This could also be as a result of him addressing yeah. some uh, um, missing elements of some yeah. people he's talking to. Like they've got some things right yeah. and they're doing pretty well on, and I'm not going to harp on you about that because I'd be preaching to the choir. But here's some things you probably should Absolutely. consider as well. Yeah. So good stuff. Man, it's been a very enlightening and long podcast. Yeah. And um, for those of you who might not hear it because he might cut it out, Kenny tried to include politics in our podcast today. And I just want to make that aware. I did. I did it. See you guys next time on the Good But Not Great devotional slash homily slash homiletic podcast. That's terrible.